Welcome to another edition of Market Impact Insights, your podcast source for business leadership perspectives to help your business grow. Hear from experts in marketing, sales, business strategy, and more with practical advice for business success. Make sure you won't miss the latest episodes by visiting marketimpactnow.com. Now, here's your host, Dan Albaum. Welcome back, everyone, to another amazing episode of Market Impact Insights. I'm excited with today's topic, which is all around breakthrough selling and selling that's both an art and a science. And that's particularly important for entrepreneurs that are starting and growing young businesses. And I was looking at a quote earlier this week about selling that is so true, and it is value the relationship not the quota. And my guest today knows all about developing long-term, authentic, successful relationships. Steve Brossman is a former national professional track champion and also a nine-time Amazon best-selling author in marketing and sales. He spent years in TV and video production. He has hosted his own network TV show. He's been an executive producer for Warner Brothers. He's also been named internationally as a number one video marketing influencer of the year. Steve knows what entrepreneurship is all about. He's created several six and seven figure national uh, and global businesses of his own, including inventing and marketing an environmental product that has sold over 4 million units in 26 countries. Steve has spoken in 15 countries and he's trained, get this, over 65,000 entrepreneurs, professionals, and business owners, helping them stand out in their markets. Last year, he was selected and published with 40 of the world's most innovative marketers, and his latest back pocket guide is the art and science of virtual selling. This is all about helping business owners, sales professionals, and entrepreneurs attract high-quality clients and convert them through virtual sales calls, which we can all relate to in today's pandemic environment, so much virtual work, virtual engagement, and how do you successfully break through and sell in that environment? We're going to talk with Steve more about that. I'm in Seattle. Steve's in Australia. Steve, welcome to Market Impact Insights. Hey, Dan. Thanks for such an awesome introduction. And you know you want me to say, g'day, Dan. How you doing? (laughs) There we go. Had to get that out of the way. Now, Steve, I want to go back a ways because you've spent most of your life helping business leaders achieve entrepreneurial success. But I'd like to understand what were some of the specific life experiences or moments that inspired you down that road? Well, I guess it's always been in my blood. When I was um, a professional track athlete, I was helping and coaching a lot of the younger athletes and other athletes around me. So I, I virtually started coaching the minute I left school and to tell you the truth, I actually got into business by accident. I was training for the Olympics and then crushed three discs on my back. And you don't run real fast with wow. a bad back, particularly at the Olympic level. So I fell in love with the fitness industry going through rehab. And I thought I could do this. I could do it differently. And I know I could do it better. I was a, a cocky, brash, young 23-year-old and thought, stuff it, I can do it. <laughs> um, and so I did. I, I set up lots of different programs and, and did things differently. And then other gym owners came to me and said, Steve, what are you doing? It looks successful. And then I got to speak and I got to train. And then I actually thought, well, I'm going to take my knowledge and package it up 
and I got to speak around the world and got to train a, a lot of people. So that was basically the start of what I call my business coaching. But as with everything, and, and this is a great lesson for your people, you need to evolve. Life and business is a complete continuous transformation. And what we're talking about today, the, the art and science of virtual selling, is an evolution and a transformation of what I was teaching just a couple of years ago, self-selling. So what this has come about is basically because of a higher need for people to learn how to do it virtually and less face-to-face, -face, and, and that's the world we're in. So that's how we've got to here, but it did start virtually as soon as I left school. You know, I love hearing your life story because it is something I can relate to. It's the idea that when one door closes, that's just the beginning and another door opens. And that literally happened in your case. Well, well, totally. And then that's a matter of uh, an attitude. Instead of looking back and looking at that door and trying to kick the door down going backwards, it's like, well, it's the like the movie Sliding Doors. Well, as you said, one closes, another opens. And you've got to look forward with that opportunity. Take responsibility that you are currently the sum total of everything that's happened before you. Now, if that cl door closed, it happened for a reason and it's giving you something, a new opportunity, and then just take it and run with it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you've spoken very passionately and written in the past about the importance of self-selling. That's a good foundation. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I was building a presentation just the other day and I, I had the slide up of the successes that I had. I, I franchised a, a kids club into, into five countries, a weight loss program into two countries. I did sell the environmental product. But all the way through, I realized that I was quite successful at selling things. And I hit a roadblock. I hit a brick wall virtually when I was moving out of the selling things into selling me, into selling what I was doing. And I was like, what, how can I do this and how can I do it better? And I immersed myself in the training. I immersed myself in what could I do better? And when I saw and realized that I could create systems and create a blueprint and sell the system and not myself, that's when my life changed. I've sold millions of dollars, but I'm probably at that point, I was just as, I wouldn't say scared, but um, afraid, embarrassed, embarrassed. Uh, into my shell about selling myself. So I started developing systems for me to use because I hated selling myself. And there's a lot of, I'm, I'm sure there's so many fantastic professionals out there that say, well, look, I can sell other people's products 10 times better than I could sell myself. And when most professionals get to the point, I've got to sell me, that's when they and we all went to water. So that's why I've developed the, the art and science of virtual selling, but more importantly, how to go self-selling. And um, I'll, I'll quickly go up to the next level, which is there's three different levels of influence when people are selling. And the bottom level is actually imposed influence. And that's what most salespeople teach. And that's what most people think they have to do. I'm going to uncover a need. And then I'm going to tell you all of the things that I do and I do well. Mm -hmm. and all of the reasons that you should buy from me, which is me imposing my knowledge and influence on you to buy from me. The next level of influence is collaborative influence. And a lot of people say and teach the collaborative close, whereas 
the way that we do it is we have visual document, we have a blueprint, we have something that we can collaborate on, but not only that, annotate, write down visually the quantitative values that you're going to deliver. And if we put this into your business or your life, what would that mean to you? How much difference would that make? And you would quantify and then confirm what that input impact would make. And what would happen is because it's visual and it's adding up in front of the person in front of them, they'll get to a point and say, they can't possibly charge me more than they're about to give me. And the the line that comes out is the line that most salespeople or professionals who aren't salespeople love to hear. This looks fantastic. How do we get started? Mm-hmm. And that's just yeah. a, ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a positive moment, no doubt about it. And we're obviously in crazy times. Uh, we are just really transforming the way people live their lives, the way that businesses interact, all that going on, a lot of uncertainty. So given that, Steve, what makes today's environment so much harder to be successful in selling? Are there some major roadblocks? The biggest roadblock is in their head. And, and that, that is really one of the biggest things is to, be, well, the first thing is it's more competitive than ever um, out there in the marketplace because more people are spending more time at home. They're spending more time on the computer, which means they're searching more and the search engines are more powerful. Mm-hmm. Just four years ago, people would search between four and five different websites or suppliers before they made an online buying decision. Now the number is 13 to 14. Mm. And so people have to stand out more from the minute. Now, I talk a lot about the brown box syndrome. Now, the brown box syndrome are professionals, etc., who title themselves by their category or occupation. They may be a, a trainer, a consultant, uh, a SaaS provider, an IT something. They're the same as everybody else unless they step up and become a leader and authority. It's not until they actually unwrap the box that they find that there's gold in there. But if you're sitting on the shelf with all the other brown boxes and there may be one other that's standing out, that person or that business is going to get the immediate traffic, the immediate calls. So that's the first big hurdle that people have to look at is how do I stand out the minute people look at me? The next thing is, as you mentioned right in that beautiful opening, creating relationships. You want to create a relationship as soon as possible. Now, they're the first two parts. They're the first two Bs in the virtual selling secrets. The first B is be the prize, not the pursuer. And and I'm sure you could really identify with this, Dan, that there are so many people out there that are chasing but they're yep. not putting themselves up there as I'm the prize. You need to talk to me because yeah, I am the person who could do it and becoming the leader and the authority. And the next one is build the buying energy because mm-hmm. if you're yep. sitting on a computer, that person doesn't have a lot of buying energy, but you need to, as you said, create the relationship on that journey. So just before they're getting to have that call, their buying energy is high, not low. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And when we're talking about virtual selling, obviously technology comes into play. And with that, I'm sure there are emerging skill sets 
that are critical for success in this new environment. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yes, it, it has made it harder, but it has made it so much easier to to communicate with people and stand out because 99% of the people will not be doing what I'm talking about today. So those of your listeners who actually take this and implement it will really be able to stand out. And one of the great things is, is videos. And that's where I talk about the art and the science. Now, the art is the art of communication. It is an art. And I know a lot of people don't spend time on their actual communication skills, particularly now in front of the camera. Uh, we live in the world of Zoomtopia. It's, yeah. it's amazing what, <laughs> what a transformation that COVID has made that everybody has had to go online and jump in front of a camera and be able to communicate. And it is different. It's a different art and skill and and flow of communication to be able to do it in front of a camera. You've got that little box to, to live within, but you've taken away like 50%, 55% of communication is body language. Now we're squeezed into a box. We have to learn how to use our body language and our tonality, intonation and cadence in speaking to be able to keep them engaged. And when we're talking about science, we've got to realise now that in the last three years, people on virtual calls, it was 63%, now it's 80, well, 66, now it's 83% of people are multitasking. So you've got to be more compelling and you've got to deliver your communication in a way that people are going to pay attention. And so that's the the art and the science of being able to put it all together. It's easy when you've got it all, but it is so much harder. If you're just running through a presentation, if you're running through a, a deck of slides, you will bet they're checking their emails, they're checking their messages, they're yep, checking their yep. Facebook, they're checking LinkedIn. But there are tips and keys that uh, that you could do within, and I hate the the presentation and pitch, which is what most people do. I'm going to give you a lot of information so you can make an informed decision where we teach people to collaborate with them, agree on an outcome and a value-based outcome and quantify that outcome. And at the end, they get, well, I've been a part of this. It makes sense that I must move forward. And when they're collaborating, they're involved. My saying is when they're involved, they invest. And science says the more that they're engaged in the actual decision-making and the presentation, the more likely they are to buy. So to answer your question there, there are some simple skills and knowledge that they could use and implement, but if they don't, they're going to get left behind. Yeah. And you talk about collaboration, which means interaction, and it really brings up the importance of listening skills, right? It's not just the art of how I present, it's I need to be a really good listener, especially if we're uh, talking in a virtual setting. Absolutely. And when you're going through the presentation and pitch formula, you know what you've got to say next, you know what you've got to do, you know what the next slide is going to be. And if somebody says something, it's like, well, yeah, that's going to go in, that's going to go out because I need to get on to the next bit. Where when we work around a blueprint and we're actually annotating, the questions come up first to direct you where on the blueprint you start, where you go and what you do. 
Now, if you've got the blueprint, you've got all the different things and the, the system and the way you work, you never do the same one twice. Whereas if you've got a slide deck, people will be sitting down knowing that the person before them saw exactly the same. Whereas when you're working with them on a blueprint, writing out or annotating the numbers, then it's an individualized presentation specifically for them. And they're leaning in, they're thinking, we're building this together. And that's the biggest thing. And the science has basically shown that when you annotate, like draw on a screen with people, attention and knowledge retention goes up 60% and they're engaged. Engagement goes up 60% as well. But action at the end goes up eight times. And I've been doing this as long as we could have tools that could write on a screen. And it's an amazing tool to be able to do, but having the science back up why it works, all of my people now do it. Yeah, definitely makes sense. Now, as we said, you're based in Australia, but you work with leaders around the world. Steve, what has the impact been of being able to have that global perspective, the cross-cultural perspective, as you've really grown professionally and personally? The It's just made it easier. And I was fortunate right back in the beginning, and it was within the health and fitness days, and I've carried it on that um, I was on and off a plane doing this uh, globally, 10 to 15 countries a year, and it's been my life to be a global citizen. As it got easier to be that global citizen sitting in my chair, and I don't know how many frequent flyer miles I've clocked up sitting on Zoom. It must be a lot. Um, It's just made it easier to adapt. And the minute that Skype came out, even before we had video Skype, mm-hmm. um, I had clients around the world and it was just an extension of what I was doing and it just continually made it easier. And even now, uh, I did shrink back and while my son was growing up and basically just did the, the local, the Australian environment, but more recently going back out to the, the global. What it's done is it's made it uh, second nature that people just get on a virtual call now because they've been forced over the last couple of years to do it. And higher-level organisations where they would like you to you know, fly in and speak to their board and those sorts of things, so, well, we can't do that now. So why not get somebody from Australia? Instead of paying him to fly over and do all this, why not get somebody from Australia who's got the knowledge and the skills that we need And so that has opened the doors for me personally to be able to work with people where before, no, it's got to be face-to-face. Let me share an example with a a great colleague of mine. He's a business coach, works a lot in referral marketing, Uh and he would always drive to sit with his clients. And I would say, what are you doing that for? And he said, they feel as if it's more value me being there. And I said, well, I tell them that's more valuable me not being there. I have everything in my office and on all of my different computers at my fingertips. We record the session so that they don't have to sit there and take notes and it's more valuable for us to work at a higher level and they can go back and review it. I tell them it is more valuable, me not being there, and I don't have to charge for travel time. I could fit in six to eight clients a day and you can fit in three. Where does that work? And he said, I've never thought of it that way. 
and now higher level organizations are on the same level. It's like we don't have to fly you in to get the value that we're going to get. And that's made a massive difference. Yeah, I, I can see that. And my marketing background is primarily in business to business. And in that world, have heard all the time about the importance of understanding customer needs. If you're going in and you are selling or marketing a solution that, hey, got to first have a really good handle on understanding customer needs. But I've heard you say that it's important to go beyond just understanding those customer needs. Can you explain that a bit more? Yeah, perfect. Absolutely. Years, and I, and I mean, years ago, I was working with a lovely female chiropractic client. And she said to me, Steve, I really don't just want to work with people with bad backs anymore. I, I want to just help them have a better life. And I thought to myself, I thought, when was the last time, and I'll ask you this, Dan, when was the last time you went to a doctor and said, hey, doc, I'm feeling 10% off today. Can you help me feel 10% better? <laughs> That's not usually how the conversation goes. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually well after you're supposed to get to the doctor, you actually yes. get there or the physio, and it's like, well, okay, that's the that's the red zone of death in helping people. When you're only going to service their needs, then there are so many other opportunities to understand. And I talk about the emotive sales pendulum, and I, I built this for her. It's what we need to do is, yes, you've got needs and some great people, it might have been Zig Ziglar said, if you help enough people solve their needs, you're going to be wealthy. Well, that's one level. And picture a pendulum with the pain level up one side and the payoff level the other. And if all you do is go in and listen to the need, um, I've got a need on this, great, I can solve that. You're going to be the same as every other commodity person there. Yep, I can solve that too. I can solve that too. I can solve that too. You need to swing the pendulum that next bit is like, well, what does your need, how does that affect whether it's your business or your life? How does not having those extra 10 clients per month that you're after affect your business? Well, I'm, you know, I've not got the cash flow to do it. So I'm not be able to put the staff on. I can't grow my business to where I want to. I've got to work longer hours. How's that making you feel? How's it making you feel not getting home to have dinner? of a nighttime with your kids missing their basketball matches? How does it make you feel not having your business grow? And so a lot of people, and, and you've heard it uh, before, that you sell on emotion, but you anchor with logic. However, when you interweave the two into the same conversation, it's powerful. So within those 30 seconds, we basically went, well, logic. Okay, how is that affecting to how is that making you feel? And then you swing the pendulum back the other way. A lot of people start in the middle and try and push the pendulum up. you got a need, yep, we're good, we're good, we're good, which is you're pushing the pendulum up. Pull the pendulum up, let it go, and it'll swing back the other way. And so we've got a system, we've got a program, we've got a blueprint to be able to solve that need. How would it affect your business if not only we could deliver those 10 extra clients, but an extra 15 more because that's what our system does. Just tell me what an extra 15 per month. Yep, I could do this, I could do this. And you'd quantify the value. Could you see how our system would deliver that? Yeah, I could see. Okay, well, that's going to be an extra X thousand, saving X dollars in time. Now, how is it going to make you feel getting home to have dinner with your family every night? Not only that, never 
missing a basketball match again and your business is going to grow to where you always thought it would be. How would it make you feel? Now, my saying is the bigger the swing of the pendulum, the bigger the payoff to them. The bigger the payoff to them, the bigger the payday to you. If you just swing the pendulum a little, you're going to need, I can solve it, great, same as everybody else, or really understand and get to know. And when you're the person, and I've got, there's there's two understandings, and a lot of professionals go down the understand route of, but they don't understand what I do. I've got to tell them. No, they don't have to. The first understand is that they understand that you understand them. Yes. Be the person for them to say, ah, oh, they get me for the first time. Somebody gets me and then basically understand how what you do will make a difference to their life or business. Long way going around it, but if all you do is focus on need, you're going to be compared on price. Yeah, and and where you were ending there was really back to creating an emotional connection and an authentic relationship, right? And trust. Yeah, absolutely. Makes total sense. Yeah. Now, uh, we've talked a lot about the importance of building strong collaborative relationships and there's art and science there. There's also research that should give us some insight around human behavior that would be really helpful there. Uh, what have you seen, Steve? Is there some interesting scientific facts that we ought to be thinking about? In terms of those relationships, yeah, a lot of um, uh, I've spoken a little bit about some of the things that you can do. They're just the little things that make a, a massive difference. Uh, being able to collaborate, not trying to convince, and that's where a lot of people think, "Well, okay, I've got a great program. I need to tell you all about my program." No, you don't. You need to be the person that understands them. You need to be the person that gets within their psyche. The other thing that, and I talk about the buying energy, when you start off as a brown box, the buying energy is low. When you start off as a unique authority and package yourself and position yourself as a unique person who has built your system, who has built your blueprint, the buying energy goes up. Now, I talk a lot about, and one of the things that the, the science has built is the happy hormones, the serotonin, oxytocin, dopamine, endorphins. And we're not going to go into what each of them does. But you need to be aware that as you're putting out your communication, you need to think, well, what not only am I telling them, but how does it make them feel? Now, all the way along, and and it's actually been backed up by a lot of the, the latest neuroscience that I've been getting my hands on, is there's three investments that people make during a buying decision. And the first investment is an emotive investment. So as you're looking at, and for the first time ever, I was talking to someone the other day, that their web developer said, what do you want them to feel when they land here? First time ever. But that should be the first thing. When they land on your web page, it's like a, a big red light. It's, it's the headline that the copywriters say. They say that the headline of a copy is to get attention. Yes, it is, but it's to get an emotive investment. Is yeah. this the right thing for me to read, look, do? The website is, how do I feel when I land there? How do I want my people to feel? Now, if they get that right emotive investment, the E turns into a T, they're going to spend more time 
more time on the website, reviewing your copy, watching a video. ETM, the M is the money. Sooner or later, if you've got the right emotive connection and they're spending the most that send more time with you, then they're going to invest the money. And my saying is if you get your ETM right, it turns into an ATM. And there's nothing <laughs> different there. Is it an ATM is the automatic telemachine? Yes. <laughs> so think about that because the neuroscience basically says creating the relationship is not just yes. I understand what you're doing, but I want to get a relationship with you so that when like you, you go, you watch a movie, you hang out with a person, you've got a new lover, all of the hormonal reactions are happening within the bottle. There's chemical reactions that keep going on. And when you take those chemical reactions away, it's a bad feeling. It's You're addicted to them. You want to create that addictive personality and you are selling that I like spending time with this person. I want to spend more time with this person, not, yeah, that person's logical. They make sense. You you need to have the both. And as you're going on that buyer's journey and creating the buying energy, you've got to look at how am I going to get them to the next level so that they're going to keep coming back. And one of the best ways is obviously videos and and audio audios like this is i'm listening to this i'm feeling this yeah that's great ideas but uh out from the start try to uh to use the connection and create that addictive personality because it's proven that you start making those chemical reactions happen within the body it's harder for them to say no than say yes yeah i think you're so right and you think about just the volume of communications uh, that a business decision maker is getting and and the importance of diversifying how you communicate because uh, how you can relate to this, I can relate to this, our inbox is filled with emails just <laughs> relying on, and there are great emails and email marketing strategies out there and there's a place for that, but it's a place as part of a broader content strategy. And to your point, video, audio, multimedia, you got to have a nice variety, right? Not just focus on just the written, but go yeah, beyond. Yeah, Forrester Research has actually done the study, and then one minute of video equals 1.8 million words. Wow. Yeah, it's yeah. high impact. No, no doubt about that. So, Steve, you, you've obviously had a very successful career. You've been able to help businesses around the world gain uh, important insights. But as you shift your focus to the future, what makes you optimistic? Everywhere you turn, opportunities come up. And and I said, we were talking about, you know, are we going to look backwards and try and kick the door down behind us or are we going to look at the opportunities? And I was just talking yesterday with a great colleague of mine and we just kept saying we're in exciting times of things that are going on and things that are happening and opportunities that are opening day in, day out. You know, look, 10 years ago, podcasts were not around. You've got a fantastic audience. Um, I'm blessed to be on here uh, working with you, sharing knowledge with your audience, whereas before you would have to go to a library. You'd have to sit down and read books. You you couldn't stick a book in your ear and travel. Uh, So the opportunity for me to reach hundreds, if not thousands of people to share my message is... It's never been done before. And for people to be able to have co-workers in 
multiple countries get on the one call or the one platform and collaborate, things are happening at such an accelerated speed. People don't have to be up to date with everything. Uh, that's where a lot of people start falling down. There are too many opportunities. It's remain focused. But whatever it is that you need, you could virtually put your hands on it within 10 clicks of a computer. You could find somebody that's an expert in something. And my son is is seven, he's nearly 18. He left school over a year ago, didn't finish his last set of exams. They just weren't serving him. He's learned more about the business and life, etc., by going and searching and learning exactly what he needs at the time. And that's one of the biggest things that I know needs to change is the education system. But guess what? That's another opportunity for somebody else to provide different education as they go through. So the optimism is, sure, there's going to be ups and downs. There's going mm-hmm. to be things that are going to be happening along the way, but always look for the opportunity to utilise your skills and leverage other people in a collaborative way, not be able to, okay, well, um, I can leverage you, I can leverage you, but it has to be the two-way collaboration. And never before has there been a greater time to collaborate with people. Like my next three calls are, are, are people in different countries with different skills that we're working on projects together. And that would never have happened before. So yeah, forgive me if I'm getting excited and passionate about the future. Uh, a lot of people say, Steve, you're always on, you're always up. Well, why wouldn't you be? It's bloody exciting. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, finish, yeah. I'll finish on with that Aussie term for that. It's <laughs> bloody exciting times. Uh, most definitely. And as we start wrapping up our conversation, Steve, do you have any other final advice for business leaders that are continuing to go after long-term competitive advantage? Well, the first thing is, and I'll just remind them about the three Bs, is be the prize. That's the first thing that I see so many people not do. It's their positioning and packaging in a clear and compelling way that people see obvious value in doing business with you compared to somebody else. And that really starts them off. A lot of people spend time, effort, and money marketing, and digital marketers will take their money and marketing them as a brown box. And they'll just say, look, you just need to spend more money. You need to do this. Now, if you change the wrapping of the box, you're going to have much greater results. And then work on, as you spoke about right up front, work on the relationship from the minute people are contacting you. And it's the Jerry Maguire, you had me at hello. And that's what we want. (laughs) We want people to say you know, and, and we're talking about it, and thank you so much for commenting before we got on air about my energy and enthusiasm. Sometimes that's what people want to hang around. <laughs> they say, I just want to hang around you because of the energy enthusiasm. And that's the chemical reactions that I actually stimulate in other people. Um, a, it's it's just me, but B, it's a, it's a part of who I am and why I am successful. I'm not the brightest person in the world. I've got some great innovative things. But there's that other thing that people should think about. Why should people spend time with you and be that person that people want to spend time with? And then at the the back end of it, 
look at your sales process and we talk about the blueprint conversion system sell the system not your your yourself work on collaborating not convincing when you do those three things in the right order in the right way business will absolutely change for you it's much more fun much more enjoyable but not only that the people that come to you and want to and ask to buy from you are having a damn good time as well and you know we're we're here on this planet and I you know, my wife and I were blessed to spend a, a week with Richard Branson on his island with a high-level mastermind group. And I walked away with the four things that I wanted to live by. Be more, have more, give more, play more. And if people can take that and say, well, how am I going to get to where I want to get to? The first thing is be more. Who do you have to become to get That's there? Right. Have more. Sure, let's earn some more money. Give more. Well, when you got more money, you can give more. And then play more. Hey, we're on this planet to have fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, that totally makes sense and and very motivating. And Steve, this back pocket guide, The Art and Science of Virtual Selling, how do folks uh, get a copy of that? Um, I'm sure you're going to have it in the show notes. It's fairly simple. It's stevebrossman.com forward slash BPGVS, which is Back Pocket Guide Virtual Selling, and then with an LB. Uh, BPGVSLB, stevebrossman.com. BPG VSLB, and they can go get that. And the great thing about it, it's a 30 to 40 minute read. There's videos in there. It's virtually a workshop in a book. Fantastic. Well, Steve, thanks again for joining, sharing your extensive experience in building authentic, long-term successful relationships and helping entrepreneurs achieve success. Thanks again. Mate, you're most welcome. All right. And a reminder to everyone to please continue to let us know uh, what you think about the podcast. You can provide your feedback very easily on all of the platforms, including Apple and Spotify. And as always, make sure to visit marketimpactnow.com for the latest in business leadership perspectives. So long until next time.